Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. Welcome to this episode with Britta. This is all about facial massage, about gua sha, and the benefits of that. And I, it's something that I've incorporated into my beauty routine. And when I'm really, really on it, I do it every night. It really helps me relax, like beyond what it does for your blood circulation, like the sculpting of your face. I just like it as part of my beauty ritual. So I was really excited to talk to Britta because she works with Wildling Beauty. She's one of the founders. And Wildling is one of the first gua sha brands that I tried where I felt like, wow, this is amazing. Like, as you guys know, some tools are better than others. And I think they have really, really amazing tools. They also have body gua sha. There's just, there's a lot. This is a great episode. I think you guys are going to learn a lot. And I also really wanted to be transparent with Britta and talk to her about as a white woman adopting Chinese medicine and tools associated with Chinese medicine, how aware is she of maybe claims of cultural appropriation? And it was really interesting to hear from her just how deeply she has practiced and respects traditional Chinese medicine. It's a great conversation. I hope you guys like it. I am embarking on my first trip in over a year and a half. I'm going to Los Angeles with the baby. Packing for a baby is like a whole new ball game. I did not realize that Mavi has so many things that he needs, his little toys, his books, his clothes. He's wearing sunscreen now, baby sunscreen. Yay. So I'm packing for him. But then for me, like I have forgotten how to pack for a trip. It's been so long. It's a muscle I haven't used in so long. So I'm like, what cleanser do I bring? What makeup do I bring? Like, how do I keep it small? So I think my new thing is I'm doing all cream makeup, like cream eyeshadows, cream blushes, like no powder, anything. And I think that's like making my makeup life easier. I also do a lot of makeup application with my hands, so I don't need a ton of brushes. So wish me luck as I pack for my first trip. And I'm excited to go to LA. I'm excited just to have a change of scenery and change of pace. Have you guys started traveling? I'm now vaccinated, which is like, it feels really nice not to worry as much. Of course, we're still masked up. We're still, you know, exercising caution, but I think it's just, it's a nice change. It's nice to not be as worried. All right. I hope you all are well. Naked Beauty Planet at Brooke DeVard is where you can follow me. And if you're new to the show, please subscribe. And if you love the show, please take the time to leave a rating and review. I would really appreciate it. All right, let's get into the episode with Britta. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Britta, do you want to just introduce yourself to my audience because I have been following you 
and your amazing content for a while, but I want to make sure everyone else knows who you are. Oh gosh, thank you so much. Um, so my name is Britta Plug. I'm a holistic esthetician and have been for 17 years. I also have a background in health coaching and really try to treat someone holistically, not just looking at their skin topically. And I am the co-founder of Wildling Beauty, which we're going to talk about today a little bit. And that is a facial gua sha line primarily at the moment. Yes. And so you said you've been a holistic esthetician for 17 years. You look quite young. So did you start very young or are you like a witch that doesn't age? I'm ancient. No, um, I did start pretty young and I'm 37. So. Oh, wow. Okay. You look very young, but you also starting at 20 is pretty young too. Yeah, absolutely. I went to beauty school pretty much right out of high school. I took a little bit of a break and um, decided that that's what I wanted to do as my next step. I didn't think it was my forever step, but uh, did go to school for that pretty young, whereas a lot of people come to the career of esthetician as like a second career. Right. That is very common. And I'm also curious, like how being a holistic esthetician is different from just like basic beauty school, because I would imagine that beauty school probably isn't as I don't know, on it in terms of like chemicals and natural and holistic remedies. So let's get into that. But before we talk about your journey, you are the Gua Sha Queen. And I've learned so much about facial massage from watching your videos on Instagram. Can you just explain to listeners what exactly the practice is and like how we should be thinking about integrating Gua Sha into our routine? So facial gua sha is a technique that stems from ancient Chinese medicine. Initially, gua sha was really practiced primarily on the body and at some point began to be practiced on the face. And there's no real like legitimate documentation that we can find sort of backing that up. But what we do know is this, this magical practice is in our hands now, and that's what's important. So facial gua sha is a press and glide technique using a stone on the skin and we're activating the flow of blood and lymph and chi and moving stagnation out of the tissues, um, which in Chinese medicine is you know, very uh, linked to health, is moving stagnation, having flow. And so we're able to help release tension, increase nutrient-rich blood flow to the skin, help encourage lymphatic drainage so the skin can get rid of its waste. The lymph system is sort of like the, the internal sewage system for our tissues. So that helps to depuff. And all of those things combined leave your skin just looking extra glowy, extra healthy. We're really working with the body's innate wisdom and systems. So there's so many modalities and topicals that really try to kind of work against what the body's trying to do and like fight a process. And this is really just working with your body's own natural systems and giving it like a little boost. And this is something that you can incorporate every day, a few times a week. We recommend about 10 to 15 minutes per session to legitimately like see and maintain results. And it can be incorporated like into your morning or evening routine. I really prefer evening because I tend to be a little bit more into like taking more time. I totally agree. I feel like in the morning, I'm just like getting my day started. But when I do gua sha at night, it's like fully part of my wind down ritual. Exactly. And other folks prefer it in the morning and like, that's cool. But especially if I am, you know, on meetings, talking, whatever, experiencing emotions on my face during the day, <laughs> as one does, 
I really like to do it at night and just help to kind of, you know, I wash my face, I take the day off and then facial gua sha feels like I'm sort of energetically taking the day off a little bit more. Absolutely. And one of the things that I have noticed, and this has been more from when I've gotten facials, but we talk, like we use the muscles in our face and especially around our mouth so much, but you never like give your face that like opportunity to release that tension, right? Like we're making facial expressions, we're talking. There's a lot that kind of happens on like a muscular <laughs> level on our face that if you, if you aren't doing facial massage, you're not really releasing that, right? Oh my God, exactly. And it's like the, our faces are sort of the screen on which like our emotions play out all day, every day. And like, I don't know about everyone else, but I go through like most of the emojis on the keyboard (laughs) in a day, just like all of the feelings. I feel a lot. My face goes through a lot and it just feels so good to release the worry from the brow, release the frustration from the jaw, you know, release any sort of just stagnation that's accumulated puffiness because of that tension. Just let it go. Absolutely. And now are you one of these people that puts your tools in the refrigerator so that they're really cold? Because I know people are upset. I don't do that probably just because I'm not organized enough to like... figure all of that out but do you put your gua sha tools in the refrigerator only for specific uh instances and yeah the people that are into cold therapy are like really into cold therapy and i'm honestly just starting like i just got really into contrast showers and like having like the cold Uh, water on for like a minute and how invigorating that is normally i'm really drawn to warm I'm so drawn to warm. It feels so like against every fiber in my being to take a cold shower. I hear people sing its praises, but it just doesn't like, it just doesn't call out to me. We're also in winter. Um, But also, have you seen this trend of icing your face? Yes, I have seen that. I don't love it. I feel like that's kind of like a little too cold in my opinion. Mm. I don't think like really hot or really cold are good. That being said, I do like putting tools in the fridge for certain circumstances, I still get the occasional sunburn. Um, I do love the sun, even though I'm an esthetician and most, uh, you know, stay, stay in the shadows. But if I have a sunburn, if I have inflammation, like if I've been crying, I really like having a cool stone around the eyes. That feels really good. So, you know, obviously 2020 got into the cold stone for the crying. (laughs) Yeah. Well, for some reason, when you said like post crying cold stone, like I just, it felt like such a, like, that's like such a self-care moment, like having a good cry and then going around the eyes with like a cold, like decompressing stone. That's like a moment. It's it's a whole, it's a whole mood. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That's great. Well, One of the questions that I'm so curious to get your point of view on is, do you feel that gua sha is a viable alternative to Botox and fillers? Because I think a lot of people want to look younger. They want to release tension. You know, you hear a lot about people talk about the 11s, like those two kind of frown lines between your eyebrows, or people really want to have like more plumpness under their eyes. Can these techniques be a viable alternative to Botox and fillers? Yes and no. So you're not going to get the exact same, like you're not going to have a paralyzed area of your face. You know, you're still going to be able to make that expression. When you can still make that expression, if you're chronically making it, you're still going to be sort of working towards the pattern of like creating the 11s, et cetera. 
And so I really try to encourage people to start to become aware of their facial posture as well. So if they're really frowning, really furrowing, starting to become aware of that and maybe take a breath and consciously release it. And that's possibly going to open up a little bit more space in their mind, in their emotions, as well as relaxing that area of the face. That, okay. I just have to pause there. This is the first time I've ever heard the term facial posture, but as soon as you said it, I understand what that means. So that's basically like, if you, you know, round your shoulders, if someone says like, fix your posture, you immediately sit up a bit straighter. Your facial posture is that kind of like, if you're holding tension in certain areas, you can just more consciously like release that and like, like relax your face. It's like an anti-resting bitch face kind of thing. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it's even anti-resting bitch face. Cause sometimes if your face is fully relaxed, that's just what it looks like. Right. Right. Um, but to me, it's more like how you're holding your face. So it's not necessarily having quote unquote good posture. It's just like referring to literally how you're holding your face. Um, and that's how I refer to it anyway. So if someone's, you know, clenching their jaw, furrowing the brow, or just has like a really relaxed face, you know, that's their current facial posture. Interesting. So what's a way to relax your face? Like, are there things you do to kind of check in with your facial posture? That's sort of the thing too, is starting to become aware of like when you are really furrowing and if you are really clenching and sometimes it's catching yourself in the mirror or sometimes it's like noticing pain in the jaw if you're really clenching, for example. I know that I tend to furrow a lot in the sun, even if I'm wearing sunglasses, I just have sensitive eyes. And so I just kind of like check in, take a deep breath. And I know what it feels like to relax my face, to relax that area that's Mm. holding tension. And if you need to assist, you can also, you know, just sort of gently stroke your fingers, you know, opening up that third eye area, just kind of give it that little encouraging like mother hand, like you can relax. It's okay. I love that. And I feel like for me, it's my jaw for sure. Like I have to consciously release my jaw and like almost like kind of like move it side to side so that it's not tense. Yeah, totally. That's a really great way to to bring awareness and release. And you can even massage with fingertips, open and close. So what are some of the benefits of gua sha kind of short term? like the immediate, because I think in the beauty community, we love instant gratification. I'll just be honest. Like we want to do something and see results, but then what are some of the long-term benefits as well? Great. Yeah. So, and you have asked also, like, is it comparable to Botox? And in the yes category would be that we are releasing that tension regularly over time. So although the area isn't completely numbed the way it would be with Botox, we are still releasing muscular tension on a regular basis, which is going to contribute to different patterns in the tissue rather than the constant sort of engagement of those muscles, creating a facial expression over and over that sort of gets etched into our connective tissue over time. We are relaxing, releasing, encouraging flow. And that of course is over time going to change how our face ages. Um, I like to use the comparison of like, if I did, I I do actually have really bad posture. I tend to hunch, but I also stretch and do yoga. And if I didn't do those things, right, my body would probably start to age differently over time than with regular stretching and sort of correction. And so the same is true for the face. That's such a good analogy. Yeah. So we're just keeping everything moving, everything flowing. There's a saying in Chinese medicine that a moving hinge never rests. 
And so we're just trying to like keep everything flowing. As far as immediate results, we start to see deep puffing, like the lymphatic drainage can happen really kind of dramatically in the course of a session. Like I would often have clients leave the treatment room exclaiming like that they hadn't seen their cheekbones like this in however long. Right. And we'll notice, you know, pretty dramatic kind of sculpting. If the lymphatic uh, stagnation is contributing to facial puffiness, then once we help to drain that, then you'll have a much more sculpted face. We can also experience a lot of release depending on how much tension is there, how long it's been built up. Typically people will feel like, wow, that's really nice. That's really relaxing. And in that relaxation, I'm also coming back into my body more. And over the long term is when I personally start to see more of the changes kind of on the connective tissue level or the fascias or the the lines that were deeply etched are sort of less deeply etched. And it's not going to be a cure-all. It's not going to be perfect. But what we want to see is healthy tissue, improved health in the tissue, and perhaps for the folks that are really looking for that, um, you know, a lessening of the fine lines and wrinkles as there is so much more circulation to the tissue and we're releasing those habitual patterns. I love that. You're you're so good at explaining all of this stuff because I think people know that like washa is a cool thing to do and that it's there are some benefits, but the way that you explain it really makes it click for me. So I so appreciate you taking the time to explain all of that. So Britta, one of the questions I had for you is around common mistakes people use when it comes to guasha and how we can avoid them. So like Pressing too hard is something that I will admit was a mistake of mine until I watched your videos and you explained like, you don't have to push down so hard. You you know, you want to have like a light touch. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm like scraping my face when I'm doing this. Or maybe like not doing it with oil or not using the right oil or not cleansing our tools properly. Like what are the mistakes people make and how can we avoid them? Yeah. So the things you listed are all things, you know, that we want to be aware of is like, having clean hands, clean tool, clean skin before applying our facial gua sha products, um, like the wildling tonic and oil before getting going. So you have the right amount of slip and glide and yeah, using too much pressure in areas where that is not appropriate can lead to some marking on the skin. So gua translates to scraping and sand is sha. So on the body, the gua sha um, does bring up these red marks, kind of like cupping does on the body. And on the face, it's like a much, much, much more gentle cousin where we're not trying to get those marks. And if you're using pressure and speed in certain areas like the forehead or the eyes where it's more kind of skin and bone and a bit thinner, you do risk bringing up those marks. Certain areas like the jaw, for example, it's actually quite appropriate to use a bit more pressure, especially with our wand tool, which is a little bit more facial massage technically than facial gua sha. Yeah. I have my wand tool here. I love this one. It's so good for that TMJ, for the jaw release, like that's your buddy or for like the back of the neck, tops of the shoulders, firm pressure is great because we want to release those big tight muscle groups and the skin there is thick and resilient. So it can take a little bit more pressure. So we want to be aware that in the areas that are more delicate, especially like front of the neck, eye area, forehead, that we're using much, much lighter pressure. And, you know, we typically go over that in our intro workshops as well as sort of establishing a little bit of pressure as much as we can virtually. 
The other thing that I see people doing a lot is holding the stone really kind of perpendicularly to the skin. So they're only getting like this thin edge in contact with the face, which I don't think is detrimental. You're just not going to get the same results. So if we want to have a more effective session, holding the stone at sort of like between 15 to 45 degree angles so that you're getting more surface contact of the stone in contact with your skin and doing this gentle kind of pull on the tissue um, is really helpful. And um, that pull is very, very gentle. So we're not like, tug, you know, really pulling at our skin in a way that is harmful to it. And getting just that very gentle tug is going to help more with the lymphatic drainage that we've talked about for depuffing, detoxifying the skin, and going to help with firming on the level of connective tissue as well. That's great. And I know Wildling, you guys make oils that go along with the tools as well. What's the benefit of using the right oils for the gua sha experience? Could you, can you use any oil or are there certain oils that make the overall experience better? I mean, if you have a facial oil you really love, you can totally use it. However, we did set out to create a system to maximize results. So when I started teaching facial gua sha workshops, that was a question that everyone always had. Like, what oil is the best oil for facial gua sha? And it didn't exist as far as I knew in our Western market available to people. And so my co-founder, Jill created it. Her background is in product development and um, has studied Western herbalism as well and really looked for ingredients that were going to further stimulate all the functions that I spoke about, stimulating, you know, flow of blood, lymph, chi. So in our Empress tonic, the ingredients are sweet fern, damask rose, and uh, Doug fir, Douglas fir. And the sweet fern is a major lymphatic mover. So even just by spritzing that on the skin, you're starting to activate the lymphatic system. And then in the oil, balm of Gilead is really our star ingredient. And that does have this beautiful sort of warming effect on the skin, really stimulating the circulation. I can really feel it when I'm using it. And it sort of gets things going a little bit more And it's great that the products are very universal. So just about any skin type, really, from any background, any skin tone, gender, it doesn't matter. These are beneficial, like really across the board. There's ingredients that are going to help like breakout prone skin to like more dehydrated, mature skin as well. That's great. So you're very knowledgeable. I'm curious, did you always love beauty? Like, what was your relationship to beauty growing up? Was it something that you always knew you kind of wanted to do? Yeah, I did always love it. I didn't know I wanted to do it so much. I don't think it was really presented as like, this is a viable career path for you. But I really enjoyed how beauty rituals made me feel. So when I was 10, we moved from Canada to Germany um, and we were in the very south of Germany in a region that's very like wellness and sort of spa forward in this like old school German hydrotherapy way. Um, So there were saunas and baths and herbal medicine and homeopathy and all of these things that I never would have been introduced to in the suburbs of Ottawa, Canada. (laughs) And it really kind of blew my mind. And I, I really took to it. Like I loved the way that all of these practices practices made me feel. And I developed acne when I was like 
a, a tween, like whenever the hormones kicked in, like the breakouts right. were just like running wild. And I went to a dermatologist. Instead of putting me on medication, they had me get facials at their office once a week with this like beautiful woman who was just so kind and so nurturing. And I loved the experience so much. Like I felt so taken care of. Everything was clean. She was so nice. Everything smelled good. Like just everything about the experience I fell in love with. Right. So even seeing that to me, it wasn't like, oh, this is something I could do. Because I, I thought I was supposed to go to university and like get a degree and do something with a piece of paper. Anyway, I took to that and started having little spa nights with my friends. We happened to have a sauna in our house. Our house wasn't like especially fancy or even big, but in Germany, it wasn't that rare. So we had a sauna. I would have my friends over for sleepovers and I would curate like this whole thing. And I would be like, okay, now we're all doing face masks and now we're all doing this. And now I'm going to give you a face massage. Like there was like, there's a whole like schedule of activities. (laughs) I love that. And I just loved it. And it made sense as my sort of next step after high school, I was a little lost and um, just decided like, all right, well, I don't know what I want to do forever, but I've always liked this beauty thing. And let me go to school for that. And then allow my next steps to kind of reveal themselves. And all of my next steps always just fed back into my career. So I went through a phase where I was really interested in nutrition and decided to start with doing an online program through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. It was, I believe, the first year they did it online back in like 2011, 2012. And so I did their health coaching program and then found a functional nutritionist that I studied with for a few years and was like, oh, maybe I'll do this. And then realized that health coaching is basically like psychology and I wasn't that into talking to people. I would rather touch them. But it allowed me to bring the conversation into the treatment room of like, you know, if you're dealing with X, Y, and Z with your skin, maybe let's just have like a basic conversation about what you're eating. Like, oh, you're struggling with acne. How's your dairy and sugar intake? Like, oh, you want your skin to look more vibrant? Are you getting antioxidants? Are you getting healthy fats? So we were able to start to have these sort of basic conversations. And if if people needed more help, I could then sort of outsource to nutritionists, naturopaths, et cetera. And that to me is actually what you were asking earlier, how I view holistic skincare is looking at somebody's lifestyle, you know, what they're putting in their bodies, looking at more than just how we're treating the skin topically. Um, And then my other sort of career interests turned out to be like, oh, I'm going to do a yoga teacher training. Oh, I'm going to do this like meditation teacher training. Oh, now I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And all of that just always fed. They were just beautiful streams feeding back into my career in the treatment room and being able to bring in experience or what I wanted to create was like a deeply nourishing meditative experience for people, especially when I was working in New York for 15 years. And all of my clients were like very successful, very stressed out women with (laughs) way too much going on and way too much jaw tension, which I know you can relate to all of it. So relate. And to have them just be able to come take 75 minutes, lay down on a table, have someone like massage their face in like a very deep, intuitive, nourishing way and help them kind of let everything go, keep the vitality going. That's sort of what what everything fed back into. And before I knew it, I was like, oh, I never went back to school, but I kind of made a career of this that I had no idea could exist. That's such a beautiful journey. And one of the things that it makes me wonder is, 
if you had been in the US and you came to a doctor and you had acne, you went to a dermatologist, they probably just would have given you medication. They probably would have put you on Accutane. You wouldn't have had this experience of going as a tween to get facials, which sounds lovely. But it's just like, it's amazing how one simple thing like that can totally change your trajectory. And maybe you would have ended up doing what you do anyway, but maybe not. Maybe you would have had a totally different career path. So that's so beautiful. I love that. In hindsight, so often there's just like one thing where it's like, wow, that really, that one thing seems so little at the time, but turned out to be so crucial. So true. Well, I know you've also experienced some health complications, which I want you to speak to. I won't speak about them on your behalf, but I want to understand how your health journey has changed or impacted the way that you think about self-care. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, an autoimmune condition around the thyroid as like a really little kid. I had an enlarged thyroid. And my only experience with that is basically that I was always tired. Like that's all I knew. It was like, oh, I'm kind of tired all the time. And it doesn't seem like my friends are. I also experienced a lot of anxiety as a kid. So there's, I think the mental health piece really ties into my beauty journey as well where I was always kind of anxious and I noticed that like these spa rituals I was doing, you know, hopping in the sauna, putting on a face mask, stewing in the bathtub for hours on end, like helped me to feel more comfortable in my skin and helped sort of in a sense, bring myself back to my body, even though I didn't have that language at the time. Like it, there was something really nourishing there for me and really balancing there for me. And it was all about how it it truly made me feel. So that was such an important part. Then, you know, fast forward, all of these things that I was looking into, nutrition, like, yeah, I was curious about the connection for my clients between, you know, their skin and what they were eating and how we could really create, you know, long-term shifts for them. But I also really wanted to find out what I needed to be eating to heal myself. And same with, you know, like yoga, meditation, like maybe a part of me wanted to be able to like share some part of those rituals, but I didn't do yoga teacher training to become a yoga teacher. I did yoga teacher training because I wanted to deeply study this modality that was bringing me a lot of relief from constant anxiety and helping me to feel much, much better in my body and in my mind. And so really everything that I've been curious about for my own healing journey has fed back into my work. And as far as like natural goes, I also have chronic Epstein-Barr virus. So I've technically had acute mono since early 2018, which kind of makes me want to cry just thinking about that. So I've been really tired for a long time and you know, for a lot of my clients, and I've heard this from other practitioners as well, um, that they have had clients with either autoimmune conditions or chronic illness that have experienced flares or reactivations when getting Botox. And so that's never been on the table for me. And it's, I don't know if it's something I would have been drawn to either way, but it got me really curious to seek out ways of working with ourselves, with our skin, um, you know, what I could do through my work to create really beautiful results that people might want to consider instead of Botox. Like it was just like really kind of like this, this journey of like, Ooh, let me investigate, like, what can we find? And so I think my, yeah, my health journey has really informed all of it. And 
with things like facial massage and facial gua sha, which I find personally facial gua sha is much easier to self-administer than manual massage just because you're not like getting your hands all over in weird positions. It's a little bit easier with the stone to glide. And as we talked about earlier, it's a way to kind of release the emotions held in the face. Of course, um, you know, certain emotions are held in the tissues release that, come home to the body, sort of self-soothe. The ritual helps to get you into your parasympathetic nervous system. So starting to shift out of sympathetic or fight or flight and downshift into rest and digest. And that alone, you know, getting, getting our nervous systems into parasympathetic alone is going to contribute to glowing skin, health, vitality, because our bodies are then doing the functions like cellular, cellular renewal, detoxification, you know, we're having bowel movements, we're having regular periods, all of the things are just happening as they should when our bodies can relax regularly. And as we know, with chronic stress and staying kind of stuck in that fight or flight position, all of those things start to go haywire. And it's a recipe for skin issues. And it's one of the primary things that a lot of my clients, especially in New York, like stress capital of the world we're dealing with you know most of the things were sort of like you know if we reduced your stress levels this would probably just take care of itself so true i mean the way stress manifests itself in your body it's just such a big driver in how you feel and it's like one of those like silent killers right like so many people are living under so much stress and it impacts absolutely everything and i do feel like taking care of yourself but also taking the time to create a ritual around self-care really helps to reduce stress for me. One of the things that I'm curious about, I feel like the actual material of the tools, right? Because gua sha is such a sensory experience. And I'm curious how much the actual material of what the facial tool is made of makes a difference. Because you'll see sometimes it'll say, this is a jade tool, or this is made with a certain like quartz, or this is an activated crystal. And it's like hard for me as a consumer sometimes to know, okay, what's BS and what really matters in terms of what the materials are made with. So I'd love for you to speak a little bit about that. Well, first of all, um, say that our stone is made with Beyond Stone, which has been used therapeutically in Chinese medicine even longer than acupuncture has existed. So this has been a healing stone in Chinese medicine for a very, very, very long time. And it does contain over 40 trace minerals, and it's said to emit a far infrared pulse and an ultrasound pulse, or a far infrared ray, rather. What kind of stone is it? Beyond stone, B-I-A-N, like Brian without the R. B-I-A-N. Okay. I haven't heard of that before. Okay. So yeah, this is a really healing stone and it was created in ancient China when a meteor hit a mountain and the impact created this stone. So that in itself is sort of magical. We really like it because it polishes super, super smooth. So that part of the sensory experience, like it's a really beautiful, sleek, smooth stone. That being said, you know, it has all of these traditional healing benefits. If someone's like a skeptic and they're like, I don't believe in crystals, I don't believe in these crystal healing properties, intention is huge. You know, if you really don't think it's going to do anything for you, maybe it won't. And that's such a big part of facial gua sha too, is our intention, you know, that we're doing it with or any beautiful ritual, beauty ritual, how we're approaching ourselves. That being said, uh, again, we like the Beyond Stone because it polishes 
super smooth. A lot of the quartzes, amethyst, you know, those kind of crystals will have veins throughout them, which sort of uh, act as like a little crack sometimes. So we're trying to avoid that because that can hold bacteria, feel a little scratchy on the skin, that kind of thing. And I would also say buyer beware of fake stones. That's a very real thing is having like an acrylic stone that is dyed. There's like so much fake jade on the market. If it's jade and it doesn't feel expensive, then it's probably not real jade because jade is a, it's a very expensive, very precious stone. Also has tons of healing benefits, but we really liked the, the Beyond Stone because of its deep history and um, smooth surface. Yeah. You know, you, you raised such a good point about jade. I have like one jade pendant and it's like pretty small and it was pretty pricey for an entire um, facial tool to be made out of jade. I mean, it would be hundreds of dollars, right? Yeah. And I think there are ones that are legitimately jade. They just typically tend to be around like 150, 180, that kind of thing. With the Beyond Stone, it's, I believe it's more readily available in that one mountain. And so our stone retails for 65 and it's, it's such great quality. You can really feel the quality as you use it. I want to talk a bit about body gua sha because it's new to me. I got your aura sweeper, I believe it's called. That's like the dry brush. Yeah. I love dry brushing. And I've, I've, I used to do dry brushing like years ago. I did it and I kind of like fell out of it. And then I started picking it up recently and I just love the way it feels. There was lots of literature that came with the body gua sha set around cellulite. Now, cellulite is not something that I personally have had to deal with, but I know it's really common. And I wanted to know, what's a realistic expectation for body gua sha? Can it realistically get rid of cellulite or is that hoping for too much? So what we're looking for with that set as well is tissue health, right? So typically cellulite is um, caused by bunching in the fascia and retention of excess fluids in the area. So what we're really looking to promote is that circulation, that flow, that health, starting to break down adhesions, release bunched tissue. And you do start to see um, firming, less dimpling, often less pain. Where tissue is stuck and bunched, often it will also be more painful. Like I have crazy tight IT bands and tend to get dimpling in that area as well. And when I do my IT bands, like I get, you do get markings often on the body because you are using that firmer pressure um, and starting to break things up. And so you can start to see, again, smoothing, less dimpling, more feelings of just like vitality and flow in the skin as well. Um, You might notice that with facial gua sha also after you've done, for example, one side of your face, it just feels so much more alive than the other side. So it's great for like athletic recovery as well as, you know, improving, quote unquote, improving the appearance of the skin. That's great. So if someone wants to get started, you guys have so many products, like where should they start? Like what's like the number one, like if you only get one thing from Wildling Beauty, what should it be? I would say the Empress Stone, which is our facial, classic facial gua sha stone. But other than that, I would say it depends on, you know, what the person's concerned with. For example, we were talking about your TMJ or jaw tension earlier. The wand is really our superstar for that type of tension. And if they want to focus on body, obviously going with the body set. Well, I definitely want to talk to you about just more from like a 
founder's perspective, how you're thinking about racial justice and racial equity in the beauty industry, because you're one of three white women that are founders of Wildling Beauty. And how are you guys thinking about kind of advocating for racial equality within the beauty industry? Yeah, so we are two white women and one um, Latinx and Native American founder. And, you know, we're really wanting to, as we collaborate, do giveaways, any kind of paid collaborations going forward, making sure that we're wanting to collaborate with BIPOC brands as well, as well as visually representing in our feed, you know, collaborating with influencers or content creators and having paid content where applicable with BIPOC creators and also in our marketing materials, you know, bringing in visual representation of different backgrounds. That's great. And I didn't realize that one of your um, founders was Latinx and Native. So thank you for giving me that education. One of the things that I think is interesting is, you know, Gua Sha is a traditional Chinese beauty tool. Have there been concerns or has anyone ever come to you guys about cultural appropriation, given that you guys don't have that kind of Chinese background in the company or like as founders? Absolutely. I think that's a huge conversation that's been happening, um, you know, especially since the spring and summer across wellness and beauty period. Like it's certainly not restricted to facial gua sha, although that's definitely one area the conversation is happening. You know, looking at what does it mean? Because I think it's an evolving conversation as well. You know, how can we do justice to a modality that we are teaching, practicing, and profiting from um, as people that are not of the lineage that the modality is from. And so really having long, deep thoughts about that and making sure that we are honoring the lineage with materials on our website, that we are bringing up issues that are relevant. For example, currently there's a lot of violence against Asian Americans that's been happening. So trying to use our platform to bring awareness to that, because one of the issues is that it's not being reported on. And continuing to bring up the lineage and the origins of the practice where where we can. And um, one of my co-founders is a Chinese medicine practitioner. She's been, she's been an acupuncturist for over 10 years and has really dedicated her life to the study of Chinese medicine. For myself, I've also so taking, you know, paid trainings um, in consensual exchange for this information um, to, you know, use in my career. And I'm engaging in ongoing studies currently. I'm in Qigong teacher training in part to really further my understanding of Taoism, the roots of Chinese medicine, five element theory, as well as it being a practice that I find so, so deeply healing for mental and physical health. Yeah, I think it's so important that you're choosing to really deeply ingrain yourself in the historical context, but also just the practice, because from an Eastern medicine perspective, this has been ingrained in their community for thousands of years. And like from a Western perspective, our like just beauty slash self-care rituals are so new. And because they're so new, often we're borrowing from other cultures. So I love that you are choosing to really dive in and learn more. And I think about, um, I love acupuncture. I go to an acupuncturist here in New York and she is not, uh, you know, she's not Chinese at all, but she really, really respects and has read and educated herself a lot about Eastern medicine and Chinese medicine. So I think 
educating yourself as much as possible, but also advocating for those communities, as you said, you guys were doing is so important. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thanks for that question. I think it's so relevant right now. And what you were saying is so true as well of, you know, in our sort of current modern day American society, what what is our self-care and often looking to other cultures, as I was mentioning earlier, is like, you know, seeking ways to to feel better and heal on the level of, you know, mind, mental health, anxiety, as well as physical. And the tools that I found were from yoga, from Ayurveda, from Tibetan lineage meditation. I did have, you know, a lot of beautiful tools presented to me as well from a more Western perspective of herbalism, um, hydrotherapy, sort of spa culture, but wanting to bring in more of that like mind, body, spirit level as well. Totally. And even even spa culture, my husband's Turkish and I think about the hammams that they have in Turkey, like that's been around, you know, since the Ottoman Empire. And I think oftentimes we think of spa culture as something like from European cities, but it's also been practiced around the world probably before it was, you know, prevalent in European culture. So I just always am amazed that the more I study the backgrounds behind certain beauty practices, very rarely do these things originate from the West? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. I love that. And so many cultures have, you know, heat therapy, yeah, from Turkish hammam to Morocco to even Native American sweat lodge. And just so many different ways of having these purification practices throughout so many cultures. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm curious if you are going to have a true beauty mistake. So one of the things I do on this podcast is I ask women what their biggest beauty mistake has been. And you seem to be very like even keeled. You don't seem like the type of person that would have like, you know, bleached all of her hair or had like a crazy disastrous makeup phase in life. Have you made a really big beauty mistake in your life? Oh my God, I'm not even killed and I've literally done all of those. <laughs> um, but the worst is probably my eyebrows in the 90s, going for the Drew Barrymore look. God is blessed they grew back in it all. So that's definitely one that I'm still sort of ruining the day as I have to sort of powder in my little bald patches. And um, I have a lot of tattoos that I got in in my very early 20s. And I wouldn't say I regret them, but I have days where I really wish I could take them off for the day. For the day. Yeah. That's why I guess it's cool. I just learned about this temporary tattoo company called Inkbox, which are like, they're very realistic, actually very chic, cool looking tattoos. And they last for like four or five days. I did one Actually, no, sorry, not four or five days. They look really amazing for four or five days. They last for like two weeks. And I was like, oh, I kind of, and it's, I mean, it's, it's a huge step up from like the regular old school temporary tattoos of our youth. Like they are like really, really good. Like the ones that kid, kids use. Exactly. They, they're like a huge step up from that. And I was like, I kind of love the idea because I don't have any tattoos. I love the idea of like having tattoos as like a little accessory to like boost, boost an outfit or a look, but the fact that you have that option. Okay. So yeah, overplucking eyebrows. It's a very common one that we hear on, on the podcast. Um, and what about, what are your favorite beauty products? It can be hair, skin, makeup. It could be body care, fragrance. Like what are your like top, top three faves? Well, I would say current faves because I cannot have all time faves as I'm sure you feel me on that, but in current like heavy rotation, 
LAPS, which is Lauren's all-purpose salve. And it's this beautiful salve that you can use for just about anything on the body. It lives on my nightstand. I use it on my hands. It may have been used for other things in the bed, (laughs) all over body moisture. It's amazing. Like I just can't live without it now. Perfume, sigil scent, a natural perfume. It's non-binary, which I really love. I've always been attracted to like both flowery scents and scent profiles that would be considered more masculine, like the sort of more woodsy, earthy that we also see reflected like in our wildling products are a little bit like more earthy and woodsy. So I'm really loving those. And then um, Say Beauty, which is a newer makeup company. Yeah, I love Say. It's so good. I'm a makeup minimalist. I'm so into like how beauty makes me feel. That's the the sort of makeup part gets very little attention. And I love having like a really simple line where I've got like, you know, the eyebrow gel, the mascara, you know, something to make me a little glowy because if anything, like I do a, a couple of things on like a big day for me. Yes. Their brow butter is so good. And I love how it's like a really tiny little brow brush. I feel like it really gets into those hairs. And I love their super glowy gel. Yes, it's so glowy. I'm wearing that today. That's 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 where my glow is from. And Say, which started out as like the small clean beauty brand, they're now in Sephora. So congratulations to Say, because I think it's just so interesting to see how all of these like kind of clean natural beauty brands are slowly but surely taking over in the kind of more mainstream cosmetic space, which I feel like is so needed. Just inching our way in. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, that's like the future. People care so much about what there is in their skincare, what they're eating. Um, Makeup is naturally going to have to come next. Well, I want to ask you, especially given your background being a holistic esthetician, when do you feel most beautiful? I love this. And I have to say in nature, in a natural body of water, ocean, spring, river, wearing a bathing suit or less. Wow. Love that. Water is such a common theme. So many, so many women come on this podcast and say being in water is when they feel most beautiful. And like you, it can be a pool, it can be a lake, it could be the ocean, it could be a bath, but there's something about water that just seems to make people feel beautiful. I love that. Oh, I love that. It's so feminine. Like the the yin of the water, the flow, the sort of primal connection. Yeah, there's definitely something there. Well, thank you so much, Britta, for coming on and sharing your story and for just educating us all about like the magic of gua sha and how we can incorporate it into our self-care practice. I really appreciate you and all of your wisdom and knowledge. Thank you so much, Brooke. All right, guys, I will drop links to where you can find Britta, links to all of the products that she mentioned, and I will be back next week with another episode. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, 
Solon logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Now, I am shocked and saddened to report that I had no beauty question this week. Please email me your beauty questions at nakedbeautypodcast at gmail.com and I will take my time to answer them very thoughtfully at the end of each episode. Now, because I didn't have a beauty question this week, I want to ask you guys a question. I am looking for a mineral sunscreen that does not leave a horrible white cast. Every single mineral sunscreen I have tried has me looking like Casper the Friendly Ghost. And I don't like it. I have to put makeup over... Like Sometimes I just want to wear sunscreen. No makeup, nothing over it. If there's a mineral sunscreen that exists that does not give you... And I'm speaking to my, to my, to my friends with melanin here. If there's a sunscreen that doesn't give you a white cast, please DM me on Naked Beauty Planet. I may just do a post being like, drop mineral sunscreen recommendations below because I've struggled to find one. Now, I still, I love my super goop. I am like obsessed with super goop. That is my go-to. But you know, when I'm like in the sun, 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 I feel like I need to like step it up and use mineral and not a chemical. So please send me your recommendations. I love hearing from you guys. You guys have like some of the best beauty advice I have ever received. So I appreciate the Naked Beauty community so much. I will be back next week with a new episode. Thank you so much for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.